You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Good morning and God bless you, people of God. I am so excited for this lesson today. Let's go into prayer and let's get into this. Father, in Jesus' name, you are holy, you are mighty, you are major, you are everything, you are high, you are lofty, you are alpha, you are omega, you are the amen. We love you, we honor you, God, and we have gathered together right here where we are to hear a word from you. And Father, we're asking that you would speak to us. Speak to us everything we need to know. Reveal to us things that we didn't understand. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that even when this lesson is completed, even when I've finished teaching it, Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to teach this to your people. Continue to give them insight, understanding, and revelation concerning the topic of fasting. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that your word gives us access to. We thank you for everything that salvation gives us access to. You are a mighty God. You're a holy God. You are great and great to be praised. Your name is great in all the earth. We love you. We have gathered in your name. We are praying in your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And we seal that prayer with the blood of the lamb. I pray in Jesus name that you receive this word with understanding so that the enemy cannot come and steal away whatever you have learned today. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you receive it with understanding. Glory to the name of the Lord. There's always room to learn, even with topics that we feel we are familiar with. And honestly, I have been fasting since I was about 20 years old. Okay. And let me tell you something. Putting together this lesson by the grace of God, I have learned more things and I feel more empowered because of the knowledge I have to continue to fast. Okay. Sometimes we just get into seasons of fasting where the Lord is telling us, I want you to fast from this. I want you to fast from that. I want you to fast for this reason. Or listen, I just want you to fast. You'll you'll, you'll figure out why sometime in the future. I'll, I'll release it to you at a different time right now. You know, I just need you to obey me and fast. But I also want to tell you that Typically, when we ask God a question, he answers that question. You know, if you go to him and you say, Father, why do you want me to go on this fast? A lot of the times he'll tell you unless he wants you to just be obedient to him and he is attempting to build your faith in whatever he tells you to do. So we are going to start off in 1 Kings, the 21st chapter. I'm going to be reading the English Standard Version Bible and the King James Version Bible. So 1 Kings chapter 21, we are talking about tearing this flesh up. Now, there's no wonder why when we start fasting, we start seeing results. We start seeing prayers answered. We start feeling deliverance and seeing all types of different releases. It's because we are putting this flesh to death and we're doing it willingly. Okay. Fasting is one of the most selfless things that we can do as human beings who serve God. Okay. And we're going to get into that in the name of Jesus. I'm so excited. Okay. We're at first Kings 21. Okay, great. Turn with me to the 25th verse. And this is the first scripture the Lord brought to mind when it came to the topic of fasting. And, um, here's why let's start reading. And I'm reading the English standard version of this. It says there was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord, like Ahab whom Jezebel, his wife incited. Listen, 
There was no other king. There was nobody who sold himself off to do what was evil before God. Now, this is God's nation. These are God's people. Now, the heathens were doing terrible things. The place where Jezebel came from, oh yeah, they were um, absolutely immoral people. But we're talking about the king of Israel. We're talking about these are God's people. And here we are with Ahab taking a foreign wife and selling himself to do evil, not before, you know, the, the pagan gods, but he's doing this evil before a holy God and his holy nation. I want you to understand how offensive this is. And then he has a witch for a wife who is inciting him to do these things. And he does it. And she's a young witch too. Y'all know Jezebel was a very young teenager. Um, historically, uh, when you, when you study, you know, the, the history around such marriages, she was young, uh, about 14 when Ahab got her and she was just evil and he allowed her to be evil and he became evil too. And he did this before the Lord like it wasn't wrong, like it wasn't a sin. So he has these altars erected. He has all these false prophets. Not only does he has fa have false prophets, but he also has um, allowed all of the true prophets of God to be murdered, except for uh, uh, some who were, who were hid. I want to get off of, of topic here. I just want to focus on how evil his works were how immoral his choices were, right? I want to focus on that. And it says he acted very abominably in going after idols as the Amorites had done, whom the Lord cast out before the people of Israel. He said, the Bible says, this man is doing things or was doing things that God had completely casted other people out for. This man is ruling over a nation. And the things that got people expelled from this nation, he's doing it in this nation before a holy God. There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab. That is a statement. You know why? Because it's biblical. This is scriptural truth. This is not an opinion. <laughs> this is not what the writer thinks. This is Holy Spirit inspired truth. I want you to understand Ahab was doing evil like no one else had ever done before God. Listen to this verse 27. And when Ahab heard those words and what the words were was a, a pronouncement of judgment against uh, Ahab and his wife. Okay. So now I'm going to get back to this. And when Ahab heard those words, listen to what he did when he heard this this judgment pronounced against him by, by um, a prophet of the Lord, okay? It says, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about dejectedly. I'm gonna say this one more time. This is Ahab. Let me tell you, immoral people, in scripture knew how to reach the heart of God. Immoral people in scripture knew how to get God's attention. What is going on with the new covenant saints today? Listen to this. And when Ahab heard those words, 
he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about dejectedly. This is Ahab, who's married to Jezebel. 28, and the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the disaster in his days, but in his son's days, I will bring the disaster upon his house. Lord, have mercy. Tell me this isn't a deep scripture. Tell me this is not a deep passage of scripture. And when I think about fasting and when I think about teaching about fasting, the Lord always brings this to my mind first, because to me, it is an absolute miracle that you can be evil. You can be an idol worshiper. You can be married to a witch. And if you humble yourself with fasting, God will overturn whatever evil was pronounced against you. And I was talking to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, what is it? What is it about fasting that, that what, what is it? Why, why, why do we have to do this? And I know we do it and I have no problem with doing it. Sometimes I rather enjoy it. Um, but I need to understand why are there some demons that will only leave through prayer and fasting. That means a lot of us have been praying and praying for a certain situation to change or praying and praying for our deliverance. And the Lord is looking at you and saying, until you learn to fast, that demon is still going to have a gorilla grip on that flesh. Lord Jesus. So this man Ahab made himself, it says dejected. He denied himself even nice clothes. He put off anything satisfactory or pleasant to the flesh. He says, I'm putting on this sackcloth. It's uncomfortable. It's itchy. It's going to scratch me up. It's heavy. I'm taking off my king's garments. Can y'all imagine that? Being so humbled before the Lord, wanting the Lord's attention and being in such a state of repentance that you say, I don't even want to dress nice. I don't even want to like my outfit. I don't want to put any effort or pleasure into this flesh whatsoever. God, I am humbling myself completely. No nice clothes, no food, no happy conversations. I am dejected. Dejected when it says that he went about dejected. He is a king. He didn't have to be dejected. This was a choice. This was a choice. Okay. Listen to this. It means that you have become obsolete when you are dejected. You have made yourself of a lower um, rank or condition. So he says, I am king, but I'm going to act like I'm a peasant today. I'm putting sackcloth on. I'm not eating. I'm not enjoying my status in this nation. I am humbling myself before God. I am humbling myself before God. I'm making myself low in spirit. And another word for that is depressed. Literally saying I am in sorrow. I am in grief. I have done the wrong thing for some of us. For some of us, it is. I'm going to get into what this breaks down to. For those of us who may say, you know, well, I haven't really done anything wrong but um, I know I need to fast or I still do fast and I know I'm living right. We're going to get into what happens when you fast, honestly, whether you live righteously or you don't. So you are humbling yourself 
when you fast, okay? And it's not simply a sacrifice of food, as some of us would like to think, oh, you know, I'm just giving over my plate. Absolutely not. When you fast, you're not just giving over your plate, you are giving over your entire body. Fasting is a sacrifice of your body. Y'all gonna get me excited? And I can't. Because what did Jesus offer up? So when we want to be like Jesus in affliction before the father, humbling ourselves before the exaltation, what do we need to do? Sacrifice this body. It's your reasonable service. Come on here. We're, we're still in scripture. You put your flesh when you're fasting, when you're humbling yourself with fasting, right? You put your flesh. And let me tell y'all something. The flesh is always going to be the source of the problem. Always the flesh is what is in the way of your answer reaching you. The flesh is what's in the way of you hearing God clearly. The flesh is what is in the way of you not getting what it is that you want, whether it be deliverance or car, whatever you need that flesh broken down. Okay. So you put that flesh, which is usually the problem, the source of the problem or always going to be the source of the problem. You put that flesh all the way to death. Okay. You put your flesh to death. You are literally placing yourself on the altar of the Lord. When you fast, you are saying my flesh is an issue. My flesh is in the way and it's in between me and my answered prayer. It's in between me and what I need to hear from the Lord. It's in between me and my next level. I need this flesh broken down more. I know I fasted last year, but now I need to fast this year for the level I want to be at next year. Come on. I need this flesh to be broken down. It's pride. It's insecurity. It's disobedience. It's rebellion. It's witchcraft. It's lust. It's something in the flesh. It's jealousy. It's anger. It's backbiting. It's gossiping. It's infirmity. It's something in your flesh that is causing you some type of affliction. And when you begin to break down that flesh through fasting and humbling that prideful flesh that does not want to submit to the will and word of God with no food, then you start to break it down and then you start to send up an, an incense and an odor that smells sweet. And it's, it's the odor of humility and selflessness and, and sacrifice. Okay, so when we fast, we are literally placing ourselves on the altar of God. We're saying, listen, you can take my food, that's fine. You can take my water, that's fine too. But I want you to have my whole body, my entire body, all of my comfort, all of my satisfaction in this flesh. I'm laying it all down on this altar. I need to be more spiritual. Get me out of my flesh. Help me to understand spiritual things. Help me to understand spiritual mysteries. Give me spiritual insight. Listen, we can hear the sizzle of our flesh. When we lay it on the altar, when we begin to fast, come on here. We start hearing that flesh sizzling. We start feeling the pain. Come on. We start feeling the thirst as if we are really in the fire. We begin to smell this flesh burning. It does not like it. Breath starts stinking. And this flesh gets to going off when we start fasting. Why? Because it is dying. 
Its authority over you is being chiseled away at and broken. This is why uh, fasting has to be a prerequisite to deliverance in certain instances. The demon that you want deliverance from or those demons that you want deliverance from has so much control over certain areas of the flesh and have become so infused with the area of that particular flesh, that particular area, that that area of flesh has to be broken down before you can actually even gain authority over that demon. That demon is so interconnected to that area of your flesh, whether it be your thoughts, whether it be your words, whether it be your actions or your feelings, that demon has become so infused with you that in order for it to lose its grip on you, you have to start breaking down the, the, the weight and the width and the strength of the flesh that it's holding on to before it can even go. Do y'all understand that? This is why some things are only going to come out with prayer and with fasting. Y'all turn with me to Mark and I'm going to read the King James version. Turn with me to Mark chapter nine, and we are going to read verses 28 and 29. Listen to what it says. It says, and when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. There are some things that will not leave unless you don't just pray for it to go. You start fasting for it to go. Why? Because you are laying your body on the altar as a living sacrifice before God. You are afflicting yourself. Uh, turn with me as we speak about afflicting the flesh. Turn with me to 1 Kings and... Turn with me to the 18th, 18th chapter of 1 Kings. All right, are we there? 1 Kings 18 and 27. And then I'm going to read also verse 28. And it says, And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is God. Speaking of Baal, um, he's mocking them as they try to get his attention. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, listen to this, and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. So these heathens understood the concept. Now, we're not going to go cutting ourselves because that's not what our God wants. But these heathens understood the concept of afflicting themselves in the flesh before their gods to get their God's attention. Okay, these heathens understood the concept of afflicting themselves before their gods to get their God's attention. They said, certainly if we start cutting ourselves and certainly if we start bleeding, our gods will hear us. The cutting of oneself, uh, of oneself was a way that the worshiper of false gods were able to afflict themselves because guess what? This is what needs to happen. None of us in our pride and in our comfort will ever allow anything to come against our flesh that is going to cause any discomfort or any humility. We all like to look nice. We like for our breath to be fresh. We like for our bellies to be full, for our thirst to be quenched. But honey, when we get out of what we like, and as a matter of fact, turn with me to 1 Corinthians because we're going to talk about even food and, and drink is not just what we like. 
is actually what we need. But when we choose to deny ourselves the very thing that we need, we get the attention of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. And we're going to start at the 12th verse. Listen to this. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Guess what? You have the absolute right as a human being who has a digestive system and a body that pulls on the nutrients that you ingest uh, in order to survive. You have the absolute lawful God-given right to eat food every single day. Your body is designed to need food every single day. In the flesh, you need food every single day. In the flesh, your body requires you to eat every single day. This is how God made you. This is how your body has been made. All things are lawful for me. It is lawful for you to eat, but not all things are helpful. But it is not helpful for your spiritual walk, for you to be eating whatever you want and drinking whatever you want every single day of your life. Now you can do it. You can, but that's not where the power is. The power is in the denial of your flesh because then you're able to really allow your spirit to be poured into without distractions, right? Not all things are helpful. It's not helpful to you wanting to be stronger in the spirit for you to eat every day. That's not helpful to that cause. All right, let's keep going. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You can absolutely eat every day. It is lawful for you to like food, to want food, to have food, to crave food. Those things are absolutely lawful. Those things are absolutely normal, but those things should never dominate you. I'm going to say it again. It's absolutely normal for you to crave food. It's normal for you to be hungry. It's normal for you to like it. It's normal for you to enjoy it and want it. Absolutely nothing wrong. Remember, you need it, but you're not supposed to be dominated by anything at all, food included. So God says, yes, it's something that I've designed your body to need. That's lawful. However, I have not designed food to dominate you. I have not designed food to rule over you. I have not designed food to dictate the decisions and the choices that you make. I have not designed food to have authority over your spiritual condition and how deep you're able to go into the realm of the spirit. That's not why he gave us food. It's lawful for you to have it. You have the right, but it may not be helpful for you to have it the way you want it, anytime you want it. It's lawful for you to have it, but and it's lawful for you to enjoy it, but it's not right for you to be dominated by it. And when we say, God, I can't fast, it's too hard. We say food has more authority and power over me than you do. Food has the authority and the, uh, the power over my decisions and my choices. Food is dictating whether or not I get my deliverance and how far I'm able to go into the realm of the spirit. When we say we can't and when we choose not to, we are allowing food to dominate us. Now, the next time you have that plate, I want you to look at it and say, is this really my master? Is this plate of food? Is this chicken and rice? Is, is this rack of lamb? I don't know how fancy y'all are. Is this filet mignon? What, what else y'all be having? A little 
mango relish and all that stuff. Y'all fancy. Okay, great. Is this food the one that dominates you though? Is this food the one that dictates what you do, how you do, and when you do it? Or is spiritual food, the word of God, the will of God. Remember what Jesus said, his meat is to do the will of God. Or is the will of God what, what dominates you? And what feeds you and what satiates you is the will of God. What you crave above everything. I'm not saying anything is wrong with you wanting to eat. You're, you should, you need to, but that food and that desire to eat should never dominate you. It should never dominate you. Okay. Now for everybody who's listening to me and saying, you know what? That's it. I'm about to go on a fast and I'm fasting for the next 60 days. Listen, I appreciate your zeal. What I want you to do is seek the Lord for the fast that he wants you to do. Okay. He may tell you to do three days. He may tell you to do 21 days. He may say, listen, give me two days out of the week for a half of the day, fast until three or fast until six. God knows how to work with you. But the objective is for you to deny your flesh and humble yourself before him. Verse 13 says food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So what Paul is saying here, the apostle Paul is saying is that absolutely God created food for your stomach. Okay. He created your stomach for food. We can't deny that. But what he is saying on a sidebar for those of us who struggle with sexual immorality, that your body is not created for sexual immorality. It was created for the Lord. See, somebody can bring up the argument when it comes to fasting or anything in life that says, no, our body was made for food. We have a digestive system to digest it. This food is meant for my body and my body was meant for this food. My body needs this food. It needs the macronutrients and the micronutrients to survive. My body needs this water. But nobody can ever say that their body needs sexual immorality because your body was not created for that. Your body was created for the Lord. And listen to this in the Lord, hallelujah, for the body. Can you imagine that God's purpose with his new covenant people is to be in their body? He says, this is one of my purposes. I'm here to be in your body, to dwell within you. Now let's take this back to the topic. God wants to dwell in our body. He says, as Jesus Christ, I've sent my spirit to have this interconnected relationship with you where I'm not just at your side. I'm literally inside of you and you're inside of me. And we are just, I'm just speaking through you and, and doing these miraculous things through you. And I am ordering every footstep that you take because you live a life yielded to me. How can we say that? How can we have that relationship with Christ saying that our body is completely for him if we can't even fast? If when he says, listen, I want you to do some people call it a Daniel fast. I want you to do a Daniel fast or I want you to consecrate from certain food items for a certain amount of time. How can we say that our body is created for Jesus and we can't do that for him in his name? Okay, I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel empowered and say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, for this perspective. I am going to fast now. Give me the strength. Your word says that your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I have struggles with fasting, but I need you to help me in this area. I never want to struggle with it again. Okay, that's all. This is not for you to feel bad. You need food. Food is meant for you. 
It is the only necessity besides water that we have on this earth. We need food. We absolutely do. We cannot negate that. But when we are fasting, we are saying the very thing I need to survive besides you, Jesus, I am giving it up. The only thing that I need on this earth besides you, Jesus, I am giving it up. Okay. I am coming to you afflicted. I am coming to you bloody. I am coming to you smoking with this, uh, my flesh steaming from being on this altar. I'm coming to you hungry, Jesus. I'm coming to you thirsty, Jesus. I'm coming to you in sackcloth, Jesus. I'm coming to you not satisfied in my spirit and not satisfied in my flesh. I'm not coming before your throne boldly with this, this, this comfort and this sense of entitlement where my belly is full and my thirst is quenched. No, I'm coming to you as afflicted as I can possibly be. My flesh is jacked up. My flesh is afflicted. In the realm of the spirit, I'm all bloody. In the realm of the spirit, I'm all cut up. In the realm of the spirit, this thing is being broken down, beat down, burnt down, and everything else. I am down. I am humbled. I am low. And this is the state that I am going to pray to you from. This is the way I'm going to come to you and begin to beseech you for my deliverance. This is the way that I'm going to come to you and beseech you for that thing that I desire. This is the way that I'm going to come to you and beseech you for my children or for my spouse. Come on here. I'm not coming to you satisfied. I'm not coming to you with pump. I'm not coming to you with my head high. I'm coming to you with my head low, humbled, afflicted, hungry, thirsty, hurting, uncomfortable. I'm coming to you as messed up and afflicted as I can. Breath funky. I'm coming to you as afflicted as I can. I'm coming to you saying, forget this flesh. Forget this flesh. I'm going to cause this flesh to begin to die. I am starving this thing. I'm starving this thing to death so that I can be more connected to you in the realm of the spirit. I need you to hear me. I need you to smell this sacrifice. I need you to see me. I'm not all dressed up and looking cute. I'm not out laughing, eating, drinking, and being merry, even though scripture gives me that sense of entitlement where I could do it. I am willingly laying it down because Jesus, there are some things that I need and it is out of my own human capabilities to get it for myself. So the most I can afflict myself, The most I can cause my flesh to scream and cry out. That's what I'm going to do. The absolute most. And the most is not just praying. The most is not just having faith. The most is humbling your flesh before the Lord. I have a need that I cannot meet. I need you. I refuse to rely on myself. My own capabilities cannot get it. I am dying to myself. I am putting the the part of me that opposes you to death. I need you, Jesus. Listen what it says in Romans 8. Come with me to Romans 8 and 7. And that posture that I just described, that's the posture that pleases the Lord. That's what he wants to see. He wants to see you humble. Honey, you can come to the king with your head held high saying, listen, I serve you. So this is what I need. Or you can come dragging in there hungry saying, listen, I've given up the things that I need and I did it because I need you. Answer me. Speak to me. Who you think is going to get what they, who do you think is going to get the most attention? Who do you think is going to get what they actually are asking for? Okay. Listen to this. Romans 8. Verse 
And let's start at verse seven. We're just going to read verse seven and eight. It says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. That mind that says, "Uh uh-uh, listen, you need to eat. You need a whole plate. Don't listen to her. You ain't there yet. You ain't ready to start fasting. Oh no. Every time you fast, you get a headache. Uh Uh-uh, you can't be doing that. That thing mess up your stomach. Whatever the devil tries to tell you, listen to this. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. As long as your mind is set on pleasing your flesh and making your flesh comfortable and in satisfying your flesh, you cannot please God. It's hostile to God. That mind that is telling you, you need to eat and you can't be um, fasting like that because you're not ready for that. You can't be fasting like that for whatever reason. You have too much responsibility. You're doing this. You're doing that. That is the mindset that is hostile towards God. Okay. Listen to this for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. That's the kind of mind that is strong. That's the kind of mind that is leading you. The will of God is not leading you. That mind that does what it wants, that is set on pleasing the flesh, that is set on feeding the flesh. That's the mind that's hostile towards God. And it's not going to submit to God's law and it can't submit to God's law. You have to choose to fast completely outside of your flesh. Your flesh can't be involved in this decision-making process because your flesh is always going to say, uh-uh, honey, go eat, go eat and drink. Okay. Do what you want to do because your flesh doesn't want to be uncomfortable when you're in your flesh, your flesh wants to feel good, but your flesh is not able to make right decisions. Because the Bible tells us that it does not submit to God's law. So what you have to do is you have to make it submit. You have to say by the spirit of the living God, I'm taking authority over my soul and this flesh and this mind that is set on pleasing the flesh and comforting the flesh. I'm taking authority over it and I'm humbling myself before God. I don't care if I get a headache. I don't care about hunger pains. I don't care about thirst. I don't care about funky breath. I'm going to find myself a peppermint or a piece of gum while I'm around my coworkers. And I am going to tear this flesh up because it's standing in the way of me and what I need. This flesh has to die. This flesh has to go. This proud flesh that I'm in, that loves to have its way, that loves to feel all types of pleasure, that loves to say what it wants and do what it wants and think whatever it wants to think. This proud flesh is going to be brought as low as possible. I'm taking away your food. Come on here. Verse eight says, those who are in the flesh can not please God. Those who are in the flesh can not please God. As long as your flesh is ruling your decisions, you can not please God. As long as your flesh is keeping you from fasting, you cannot please God. But when you come to him afflicted and you come to him bloody, hungry, and thirsty, when you come to him saying, listen, I don't have no satisfaction in my spirit because there's something that I need that I can't get and I can't give closure to closure to the situation. I need you to do it. And you come to him and you're not satisfied in your flesh. You say, listen, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need some comfort right now. I need a full belly. My stomach hurt. My head hurts. You come to him like that, asking him for what you want. Which sounds more urgent? Who sounds the most serious? The afflicted one, the hungry one, the thirsty one. This is why we fast. This is why we're fasting. 
Putting fasting into its appropriate context, what it is when we begin to do this thing in the realm of the spirit, this is what it is. And this is why fasting gets us the answers that we need. This is why uh, fasting gives us the answers that we want. This is why fasting can cause you to be an immoral person and an unrighteous person, but you can turn the hand of God off of you when you learn to humble yourself before him. Everybody can humble themselves before God. Listen, even the people in Nineveh, we're talking about heathens in every way. They understood how to humble themselves before God. And he turned his hand away from destroying them. So those of you who say, listen, I'm not that deep. I have messed up. I have sinned. And no, there's no way I can fast. I'm not like you, Tiffany. I'm not like my auntie who's super deep. I'm not like my mama who's super deep. I have some people in church that I know and they go on fast, but I can't do that just yet because I'm still a babe. Uh-uh. The unrighteous people who don't even serve God know how to fast. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength to do those things. You can do it. It's for you. If you say, listen, I just came out of a, a sinful relationship or I'm still in a sinful relationship. First of all, leave the sinful relationship alone. But yes, you can still fast even in that state, even in that state. You don't even understand. It may protect you from some evil that will befall you from what you're doing. That's not right. Now, I'm not saying to keep willfully sinning and just fasting, thinking it's going to keep you. But if you're in a struggle, if you've made a mistake or if you're in a tough spot in a relationship you don't want to be in or some type of circumstance you don't want to be in, you say, listen, I'm not my best right now. That's okay. Let me tell you something. God still wants you to do the right thing. There's still a way for you to reach God. And if the people of Nineveh could do it in their sin, you can do it in yours too. And believe that God will give you the strength to break free. And when he gives you that strength, listen to me, walk away. A lot of us want God to actually pick us up and move us to a different part of the earth and change our numbers for us and help us to forget the person's number. He's not going to do that. Because you still have free will. Now he'll give you the means, the resources, the prayers, the prophetic words. He'll give you the support. But honey, it's up to you whether or not you choose to turn and walk away. Okay? You have to choose to turn and walk away. Now God will give you the strength to do it when you're fasting. But if you allow that flesh to kick up when that fast is over and say, but don't you miss them? They ain't even do nothing wrong to you. Come on now. Come on. They not even that bad. Just wait it out and see. Don't let your flesh drag you to hell. I just feel like it's such a bamboozlement. Like how you gonna have me sinning, feeding you, and then you gonna die and rot and turn to dust. And I'm gonna go and burn in hell forever because of your mess. And I ain't even connected to you right now. Don't let flesh do that to you. Don't let flesh drag you to hell. God wants to see how serious you are. God wants to see how bad you really want it. And in order for us to show the Lord those things, we afflict ourselves. It pleases him when we humble ourselves in that way. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 53. And I'm just going to lift up verses 10 and 11 and just certain sentences out of that. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was God's will to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He has, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. 
When you allow that soul, that human will, that intellect to be put down, to be humbled, when you allow yourself to be crushed, listen, it harbors blessings. It harbors exaltation. It harbors strength. It harbors deliverance. It harbors answered prayers. Listen to this. It says the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Listen to verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. Out of the anguish of his soul. So there's a couple of things. Crushing in anguish is God's will and it satisfies God. God wants to see that flesh humble. God wants to see that flesh broken. And until you learn, to take that flesh, push that plate to the side and take that flesh and lay it down on a burning altar. You're still proud. You have not humbled yourself. You want what you want under your own conditions, when you want it and how you choose to get it. Because you have not denied yourself and went to the Lord with your hands up saying, I'm afflicted. I'm humbled. I'm low. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. I need you. I'm sending up this incense. I'm sending up this SOS. God, hear me. Something has to die in order for peace to be released upon your life and into your situation. Now, I understand that these scriptures are talking about Jesus, right? And what his sacrifice did was it brought peace between God and man. That's what your sacrifice will do. When you sacrifice yourself, listen to what happens. Peace is released, period. Yes, you're saved by the blood of Jesus. He's your sacrifice. Absolutely. But there comes a time or several times in our lives where there is no peace in certain areas where we say, God, I need peace here. God, my children need this. I need peace here. God, I need answers. I'm confused. I need peace here. God, you promised me this, but it's taking long or something is fighting against it. I need peace here. What do you do? You sacrifice your own self. You lay your own self on the altar of God. Okay. You cause your flesh to die so that peace can be released. Amen. Amen. And that is what we're doing when we're fasting. Now, in our next lesson, we're going to talk about why we fast. Why are we doing this? Why am I humbling myself? Tiffany, tell me some of the reasons based upon scripture. Uh, matter of fact, not Tiffany. Holy Spirit, tell me some of the reasons based upon scripture why I have to humble myself in that way. What am I getting out of this? Why do I have to bring myself so low? Why do I have to be so thirsty? Why do I have to be so hungry? Why is it that I can't just ask you for what I want and get it? Well, there are certain reasons why we approach God like this, okay? And we're going to get into those reasons mm, in our next episode. So I pray that you are looking forward to it because I sure am. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Let this word be a good seed planted into good soil that will bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold in the name of Jesus, in the lives of the hearer, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let this word never be snatched away. Father, in the name of Jesus, let my siblings be empowered to fast, to humble themselves, and let them do it now with a new and heightened sense of understanding, knowledge, power, and access 
because of those things. Lord, we thank you for not allowing us to be ignorant. We thank you for helping us and enabling us by your word to go from glory to glory for allowing us to increase in knowledge and understanding. We thank you. Now seal everything that we've heard today with the blood of Jesus. Continue to teach us, God. Continue to cause things to make sense for us. We love you. Hallelujah. It's in the name of Jesus that we do pray. You are so awesome, God, and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen.